Our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Baluga! Did you hear that? That's your moose asking for Manscaped. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver, a ball deodorant, and the Crop Reviver, a ball toning spray. Both super practical, and they smell great too. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. From the moose to the caboose, always use the right tools for the job. Baluga! For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to our own Warrior beat writer, Anthony Slater, about which direction the Warriors are going to go in the NBA draft. That is, if they make a pick in this year's first round of the NBA draft. We found out last week that Warriors didn't win the lottery unless you call picking second winning the lottery. They have not selected a player in the lottery since 2012 when they last took Harrison Barnes in the first round and then, of course, turned around and got Draymond Green in the second round, and we all know how that's worked out. So a little bit of unprecedented territory for Bob Myers in this Warrior front office, but also an opportunity for them to get creative. There were a lot of rumors after the elimination of the Philadelphia 7 76ers last week that maybe the Warriors would be in on trying to move that number two pick to get either Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons in Warrior Blue and Gold. We'll talk to Anthony Slater about whether or not those are legitimate possibilities. It's Monday, August 31st. It's a pleasure now to welcome in our Warriors writer, and I guess now you've been kind of the jack-of-all-trades. You were covering the Lakers for a little bit, Anthony, but it's great to have Anthony Slater here with us talking about the future of the Golden State Warriors and what number Joel Embiid is going to wear when he gets here, Anthony. <laughs> I guess everybody's speculating about what could happen, but how are you, man? Not Ben Simmons, I'm, uh, but I'm good. It's the off-season of speculation, right? I mean, you know, like you said, I'm covering the Lakers so I can actually cover basketball, but from a Warriors perspective, it's just 10 months of speculation. What else can we do? Well, it's it's kind of fun. And that like, I grew up here in the Bay Area and, you know, the lottery was just kind of a, it's kind of a staple for the Warriors and for Warrior fans for basically my entire childhood. They made the playoffs one time from kindergarten till I was a senior in high school. They made it one time. So we're sort of in unprecedented territory here, but I think looking back to when Kevin Durant came over as a free agent, that was the moment where Warrior fans realized this was a destination landing spot. And now, because of this number two pick they have because of the Minnesota Timberwolves pick they're holding on to people are speculating and you speculated in a piece last week about whether or not the Warriors could land Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid yeah and that's almost more about what's going on in Philadelphia now the Warriors do have a rare asset chest for a contender right contenders usually don't have the second overall pick and they've usually traded away their future first to like build veterans but the Warriors are in this unique position so that allows them to be aggressive for stars who potentially will become available and then you turn and look at Philly they just got swept in the first round by the Celtics they just fired their coach they're restructuring their front office it is what should be a transformational offseason for them now 
Now, does that mean they are going to trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? Sounds like probably not. At least that's what they're publicly hinting. Although, if it was their plans, they wouldn't just come out and tell us. They may work around the edges and give the next coach one more chance to try to unlock the Ben Simmons-Joel Embiid partnership. But you talk to a lot of smart people around the NBA, and they don't think that's really a very good star tandem from a court fit or a personality fit and I think all that would really need to happen is one of those two says I don't really want to be here I think it would be smart for Philly to look around and how do they kind of rebuild around one of them whichever one they choose in looking at that why is it that people don't think they're a good fit I know Ben Simmons is not the offensive weapon he's more of a distributor Joel Embiid he sort of tries to be that hybrid big man I know he can shoot from outside he's not the best ball handler and he tries to do it maybe a little more than he should but why are they not a good fit together and why is that the kind of the scope on those two because they both live in the paint you know like Joel Embiid needs that interior he needs the post-ups he kind of needs a spread floor around him right big men like him want the floor spread around him. Well, Ben Simmons spread the floor maybe worse than than any star in the league. He literally, it's not even that he doesn't make threes very well. He just doesn't even shoot them. He needs a spread floor around him. I mean, it's kind of like a Draymond Green type thing where so talented, unbelievable defender. He's going to be all first team defender this year. Can really pass it at six foot 10, basically a point forward, but he's got to be in the paint where Joel Embiid already lives. It's just kind of basically, they want to habitat the same area. And that becomes a problem on an NBA court, you know, and then I'm not an insider around Philly, so I can't really speak too much to the personality aspects, but it's pretty clear it just hasn't worked there for so many reasons. And one of those reasons is it just doesn't seem like that's, you know, the cleanest court fit. It's sort of funny in that in the NBA, superstars get moved all the time. And a lot of times it's for money reasons. And a lot of times there's buyout things that happen once the move happens or once the trade happens. It seems like the Warriors could have the assets to make that trade if it's something Philadelphia would want to do. I'm curious, though, and a lot of people look at this and say, if they were going to keep Joel Embiid, would they go to like LaMelo Ball? Would that be their point guard option? And I don't know if that's a great fit for them. But looking at these two players, and I joked about Embiid coming over, I really do think Ben Simmons would be the better fit just being or sort of analyzing how it is that Steve Kerr runs his offense, they don't run with a whole lot of big guys. You don't see a lot of centers out there late in the ball game or in the postseason in the fourth quarter. You see that small ball, and it seems to me like Ben Simmons being a, a 6'9 or a 6'10 point guard could be that asset if the Warriors were to make that move. Yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons feels very Warriors-y of the past, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. almost Iguodala times two or a young Iguodala, whatever you want to talk but like you know a very versatile wing defender who can pass it because you know Steve Kerr always have, has loved passers at every position particularly the big man positions but he can't shoot at all if you have Ben Simmons it's tough to play him on the court at the same time as Draymond Green now you're going to defend like crazy but you're just it's almost the same problem he at times has with Embiid and then I think at times, some people are living a bit too much in the Warriors' past. Like, they have to build the exact same team that was successful for them. Because the reality is they had unique talents. Andre Goodall is, you know, unique to himself. Kevin Durant, I mean, obviously you're not going to go and find another Kevin Durant. So, if Big Man is their best option, if Joel Embiid is the star that's available, if James Wiseman is the guy in the draft, if they decide to pick a number two that they like, I don't think they should not pull the trigger because it's a center. This Warriors team would look really good with like a all-star level rim running center who's an elite rim protector or a Joel Embiid. He's not the type of talent that has brought the Warriors titles in the past, but that doesn't mean he's not a type of talent that can't bring an NBA team a title. The Warriors don't have to win like they previously won.
yeah, it sort of feels like whoever the Warriors ended up with, because of the talent on the floor, they could unlock that potential or that superstar within one of these players, even though maybe they both already are. But I look back to last season against Toronto, which seems like ages ago now, right? And the big lacking or the big gaping hole the Warriors had was the lack of bench depth at the wing position. So I look around and I'm like, yeah, the big man could be a factor, but I'd like to see them maybe add a big man in free agency. I look at a guy like Serge Ibaka who could be available, but then you want to see them add maybe a couple wings. You know in your piece, guys like Marcus Smart or Josh Richardson could help the Warriors. What do you think they really need to fill a hole? What do you think about maybe the two and the three spot off the bench? You could fill depth in a lot of places. Like DeMarcus Cousins would have been really good depth for the Warriors last year if he was the DeMarcus Cousins of old. He wasn't. But, you know, I don't think you have to do it at the wing. I think you have to find, you know, the best player out there. Just like if you told me in the draft that James Wiseman was going to become Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards was going to become Deion Waiters, I'd rather have Rudy Gobert than Deion Waiters. So, like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I do agree. Like, they're thin right now. Like, Andrew Riggins is really their only true like wing, wing defender. Although, you know, Clay Thompson, particularly, I think Clay Thompson is going to start upsizing and like guarding threes. Although I'm curious how he comes back on, you know, an ACL tear. But yeah, wing depth is needed this summer. But to me, a center's needed because you know what? Like, Marquise Chris is probably their projected starting center at this point. He's six foot nine. He came into the league basically as a small forward, power forward combo. Like, he's not a big NBA center. Kavon Looney's really their only near seven footer, and he has massive injury problems, and he is not a big bruiser banger down low. Like, they're going to, you know, think about the West. Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Gobert, I mentioned Steven Adams. Like, is that a Marcus Ola, Serge Ibaka they find in free agency? Maybe. I don't know if either of those guys will be available. Toronto might re-sign them. But they do need a big body on this roster next season. Now, does that come in the draft via Wiseman? Does that come in free agency? I don't know. But I think big man is being too easily ignored as a need for the Warriors. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. You've said it three times now, and I've kind of I've kind of overlooked it. But now that you said it the third time, James Wiseman, right? He was the I'm guy big who, on Wiseman. I can tell, I'm dude. It's, I mean, he was the guy who was kind of projected out of Memphis early this year, well, last season for the NCAA that he could be the number one overall pick. And I think a lot of people still look at him as as a potential one, two, or three choice. Is he a good fit for the Warriors? And I, the one concern I have, and I heard Bob Myers talking about this last week, is that you don't have an opportunity to bring guys in and work them out like you had before. You don't have as much tape or as much film on guys. Being that he was such a young player, he was only a freshman, and he really did not play a ton last season, which isn't a huge concern. I'm just wondering about the scouting on a guy like him. Why are you so high on him, and what do you think about his fit for the Warriors? I wrote a really big piece on it maybe a couple weeks ago, but one of the main points at the beginning of it, before I dove into his film, which, as you mentioned, is not too much. He played 69 (laughs) college minutes, is that why is the unknown so bad in a draft where the known is so bad? You know what I mean? Like, there is a ceiling there with Wiseman, 7'1", 7'6", wings. He's as big and long as Rudy Gobert. He's not just a normal size center. He's bigger than big centers. And he's unbelievable in the open floor. Like, he just runs differently than most centers. You don't want to look at the tape because of how bad the teams were, but it's just clear the size of the guy is very different. And the Warriors haven't had that. Like, to me, his floor, even as a rookie, would be what JaVale McGee did because he's going to be super fast in the open court. The Warriors would tell him, hey, rebound, run. 
Curry and Draymond will find you. So he's going to crush a bunch of lobs because the floor will be open around him, and he's just capable of doing that, and he's going to block a bunch of shots. Now, you could block a bunch of shots and not be a good defender. Look at Hassan Whiteside. Right. I don't believe he would come in at 19 or 20 and be like a high-level defender. I think if they were in the playoffs next year, teams like you know the Rockets would try to run him off the floor by just pick and roll, get him on a switch, harden against James Wiseman. Oh, there's two quick fouls. But I don't think really any rookie is like going to come in and be a you know, playoff closing lineup type player. So if I am just judging upside in this draft, it's a draft that is very low on a lot of guys with upside. But if you just watch what James Wiseman is as an athlete and a jump shooter, he's got a smooth little lefty stroke. We'll see if it like translates to consistency, but like people act like he isn't a shooter. I think he could become one. That's why I'm high on him. But you know, tracking back to the beginning of your question or the middle of it, yeah, they don't have much tape. They've only got him on a Zoom call for like four hours. You know, it's not like they've been able to physically in-person work him out. That's an issue with him, but that's an issue with every prospect in this draft. The left-handed shooters always look cool. I always think Michael Red. They do. Think left-handed shoot- every- left-handers just look cooler doing everything, man. Slinging a football. Yeah, you know what he looks like? Chris Bosh as okay. a shooter. Now, do not mistake that for me saying you're going to get Chris Bosh in here and he's suddenly a 40%, like, you know, five threes per game and he's just striping them through. But the form looks like Chris Bosh from a, you know, a seven foot lefty guy. Okay. Well, last one before we let you go. Uh, we're sitting here on draft day. Let's say it's draft day and Bob Myers is on the clock and he is, he is sweating, man. He's got the flop sweat going. He's stressing out. He picks up the phone and he calls you like he usually does asking for advice. And he says, Anthony, should I move the pick or should I take somebody at number two? You're high on Wiseman. Would you take Wiseman or would you move him? I would say what's available, Bob. You know, I need to know your real internal information. What trades are on the table? If you tell me like a Simmons or an Embiid is available with, you know, you package Wiggins contract in Minnesota's 2021, I would say, yes, I, the, the best outcome is to get a mid-20s all-star level talent who could help you a ton now win a title because they'll help you way more than a rookie can. And, you know, he's still at an age that could take the keys from Curry in like 2023 and, and run the franchise. Now, if you tell me, well, Josh Richardson's available, do you want to trade the number two pick for a sixth man? You know, a good sixth man, but still a sixth man. I would say, no, take the pick, go star hunting in the draft. When's the next time they're going to have the number two overall pick? And as I think you're probably gaining the hint, I would tell him not only use the number two pick, but use it on James Wiseman. All right. Okay. Well, I was high on Wiseman, man. And now that they've got number two, I'm intrigued. So we'll make sure we keep reading you, Anthony. I appreciate the time today. And we'll try to catch up with you around draft time again, man. Yep. Thanks for having me. When I was a kid and the Warriors were in the lottery every single year, and you can go back to the 95 season, and I think up and through 2012, only one year would have been that that 07 We Believe team in which they did not pick in the lottery. But it was sort of a foregone conclusion that that was going to happen. Also always seemed kind of like a foregone conclusion that they weren't going to execute the pick correctly. And now you're a spot where the Warriors have become a destination landing place because of the new arena, because of the city they play in, and because of the talent on this roster with Steph Clay and Draymond Green gives you very much the 1980s 49er feel. They are a destination spot for top free agents and potentially for top trade targets. For full coverage of sports in the Bay Area, subscribe to the update on Google Podcasts. The Athletic is the world's fastest growing sports media publication. Get in-depth sports stories you won't find anywhere else. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting theathletic.com slash Google. Good insight there from Anthony Slater. Thank you to Anthony for stopping by and doing the podcast with us. Thank you to Brian Smith, our producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Let your friends and your family know that you're enjoying the content here with the update and here on The Athletic. 
The trade deadline in Major League Baseball is today. In our next episode, we'll try to recap some of this stuff, where the Giants and the A's have gone, which direction those two teams are headed, as we've got just about a month left of the 2020 truncated 60-game season. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.